Well, hello and welcome back again to the Heart of Titus with Dan and Tony. Hey, Tony, how you doing? Hey, I'm good, man. I'm good. And you? I am great and excited because this week we are in a week of dealing with avoiding spiritual amnesia in the end times. And Tony, what does that mean? <laughs> spiritual anesthesia in the end times. Well, I'm sorry, spiritual anesthesia in the end times. Yes, spiritual anesthesia. Now, what anesthesia does is it puts you to sleep. It makes you get groggy and you don't feel the rotten things that are happening to you, which is in medical terms, that's good. Right. In spiritual terms, Jesus and the apostles in the scriptures continually warn us against it. Stay awake, stay alert, be sober. Um, it goes on and on and on. And you're going to see that all over Jesus's teachings and the apostles teachings regarding the end times. Why? Because there are certain things that are coming that Jesus warns us about in detail that will erode our ability to be spiritually alert and therefore keep our shields of faith up and prepared to do the battle that God has called us to do in during these times. That's right. And so, so far we've been uh, really focusing on Matthew chapter 24. And uh, if you've not listened to the first two parts of this podcast, uh, I want to encourage you right now to go listen to those and get caught up because it kind of lays that groundwork. So you understand where we're going and what we're talking about. And in the first two ones, to give a quick overview, you know, we, we've been talking about um, how the distractions keep us away from focusing on what the main thing is. And the main thing is, is following Jesus and doing what he's called us to do. Right, Tony? Well, yeah. And uh, the main thing he's called us to do is to love God and love our neighbor. But if Jesus says something, I need to pay attention. And he's warning me that my heart may grow cold. And what he values more than anything is a heart that's warm with love, no matter what garbage people throw at you. And when we hear wars, rumors of wars, injustice, violence, wicked deception, false prophets, false teachers, um, a lot of which we're already experiencing in this world, um, it, it can make your heart a little jaded. I know... Um, I can watch a little bit too much of the evening news sometimes, and that'll do that to me. So as we've been going through this uh, chapter 24, we're now at a point or it's uh, verse 15 to approximately like verse 31, 33. It gets a little bit deeper um, with what Jesus is telling us. Jesus has been kind of giving us some warning signs, some things, but then he starts going a little bit deeper. Before we go there, I want to take a look, quick look at verse 14. Remember, they... The disciples asked Jesus, well, when's this all going to happen? When are you coming back? And you go all the way back to verse three. And he finally answers the question around verse 14 and the following. One of the signs of Jesus's return is that the gospel will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all mm -hmm. nations. And then the end will come. So there he finally answers the question. They ask him when, and he takes them that long to answer it because what he really wanted them to hear and the way he answered it initially was, Make sure that nobody deceives you. See to it that right. you are not led astray. Guarding our hearts against deception is the most important lesson we can get out of these teachings about the end times. Right. And to encourage us that God is in control, even in the midst of this, this tribulation time, and even in the midst of all this hor these horrible things that are going to happen, the Lord gives us little signs. And one of them is that the gospel will be preached to the whole world. And actually, Dan, you and I are two of the people that out of millions who are doing that. We've been all over the world. I've been, you know, 20 something nations. Mm -hmm. And 
in just about every continent preaching the gospel, and the gospel is getting out there. And 300 years ago, you couldn't say that, but you can say it today. Right. The gospel is going out to all over the world. There are so many that are purposefully, that are just seeking out those unreached nations and unreached people groups, uh, not focusing on certain countries, but languages and unreached people groups. And so we're seeing a pouring out all over the world. With the technology we have now, we know where people are. We just got to get to them and we just got to share the gospel with them. And that should be an encouragement to us that Jesus predicted it. And also, it's kind of a marker to let us know that we are in the times that Jesus is talking about and he goes to great lengths to warn us about. So in the next few verses, we're not going to spend too much time there, but you'll see that there's clearly a uh, restoration of the people of Israel. Well, Mm -hmm. anybody before the, the year 1948 and after the year 130 A.D., um, would say, oh, that's crazy. Israel's not coming back together. They were destroyed as a nation and scattered to the four winds. Uh, But God kept his promise to Abraham, which should also be an encouragement to us. Again, all this is about encouraging our hearts because when the crap hits the fan, you're going to need some encouragement. And so that's what this is here for. Now to verse 21, and this is Matthew 24, it says, for then there will be great tribulation such has not been since from the beginning of the world until now, no, and never will be. Well, you know, that's pretty significant. Now, most people equate that time of great tribulation to a seven-year period. I suppose that may be accurate. I I don't know. There is going to be a season where tribulation just means trouble. It's going to be a big Mm -hmm. time of trouble. You know, it's it's not like there's this big sign hung up over these uh, seven years or whatever. you You know, chart in the sky that says, now, this period is a great tribulation. I mean, it's just a phrase that Jesus used. Hey, there's going to be a lot of trouble. Yes. But Jesus also said, um, in this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So again, he warns us about trouble so, so that we can be assured that we know he knows what he's talking about, and it's not out of his control. Yeah, Tony, that's very true. And one of the things that it, in reading that little section and reading uh, starting in verse 29 is the how it comes all of a sudden, how it's a it's not something that we can sit back and go, Oh, we live in Florida. Hurricanes, you know, usually take a couple of days to get to us and we can relax and do what we need to do and board up the windows and this, that, and the other. But from what the scriptures are saying here, this is something that's going to happen pretty quickly, right? Well, yeah. I mean, even verse 27 says, for as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. I mean, um, that tells the reason I think that's important. I mean, this is my take on it. I think that Jesus is letting us know that, and as is reinforced in like the parable of the uh, 10 virgins later, that we're not going to have time to get ready when we see the stuff start to happen. Right. Or, you know, I mean, we, he's going to come so quick. You, you just, you, I mean, you better be ready before he comes. That's, I, I think that's what it's saying. Right. Uh, and even though the tribute, the time of trouble may take a period of time and maybe for an extended period and the time of the great tribulation may be limited to seven years, but the time of tribulation where Christians are persecuted, well, that's going on right now. Right. Yeah. In many places. So I, I think, uh, we're, it's always wise to be ready and even more so as we look ahead to what's coming. Yeah. I, you know, I think about that and cause Jesus already talked about you know, that there's going to be a deception. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you're 
you're already going to be deceived a little bit and you think yet, oh, I'll know when, I'll know when to say when the grace has already been given. You're not going to have that moment um, right there at the end. It's just going to happen. Yeah, you know, and and even beyond that, there I I know that there are some people who in their minds have figured out, well, you know, I'm not going to go through any of this because the rapture is going to happen before then. And I know that's a common teaching. And there's, but you know, we have to remember that it's a uh, there's competing theories. And one of the arguments against the pre-trib rapture, you can see in verse 29, where it says immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened. And it talks about in verse 30 that the uh, then will appear in heaven, the sign of the son of man. So there's some support there for Jesus coming up after the tribulation. And at, during a time when Jesus is warning believers, not the world, not right. just the elect, but he's warning believers in particular to not be deceived, to not fall from grace, to not let their hearts grow cold. If you're putting all your trust in a pre-tribulation rapture, which I do pray is the case that we don't have to pass through it, but if you're putting all your trust in that, uh, be aware that there's other readings of the scriptures that would indicate another result. And right. And it's because we are not certain of these, the, these, the meaning of these prophetic scriptures that we are advising everyone to take out insurance, get their hearts ready now. And if the Lord plucks you out before then, then yay God and yay you. Yeah. Well, and we're going to see that here in the parables. So we start off with the fig tree and he has this parable explaining to us about a fig tree. Tony, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. I'm not really familiar <laughs> with fig trees. I am familiar with fruit bearing trees. Right. Uh, like you say, we live in Florida and there's lots of orange trees down here. Uh, but this this one here, verse 32 through 35, um, says some interesting things. And I think what this is, is meant to be an encouragement to the church that the spirit of God will show us enough signs where we won't be caught napping. We're not children of the dark, we're children of the light. And so he says, as soon as the branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, then you know that summer is near. So mm -hmm. people can determine what season they're in by the state of the the growth of the vegetation and the bearing of the fruit, right? Right. So Jesus analogizes the fig tree to uh, what he just recounted in verse 33. He says, so also when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. And that's uh, so to me, I don't know what all those signs are. I mean, I mean, he records them here, but ultimately we're going to have some warning in the spirit, although we're not going to know the day or the hour. Right. Uh, and he makes that clear in verse 36, right? Yes. But very concerning much so. that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the son, but the father only. I, you know, I find that interesting that even Jesus doesn't know when he's coming back. Uh, that's how much he is totally submitted himself to the Father. Uh, but yep. if Jesus don't know, then we're not going to figure it out doing numbers calculations. Um, right. He's coming yeah. back when he's ready. Yeah. One of the things we've the always taught ready. our children, yeah, if people start saying it's going to be October or this or whatever, I, nope, nope, run away from that because it, it's, it's plain and simple. No one knows the time or hour. We can see the season. It, it makes me think of one of my favorite stories from Martin Luther. Um, they asked Martin Luther, um, he was out planting in his garden because he got up every morning, prayed, did his thing, and then he would go out in his garden for a while. And they said, 
well, what would you do if you knew Jesus was coming back today? And he said, I would get up and I would pray and I would plant in my garden because mm-hmm. I don't know when it's going to be. So if I'm not, if my life isn't changed right now, I'm going to do what I do every day because that's what it's going to be like. We're not going to know. And we should have our hearts prepared and be doing the things that we need, we know we need to be doing because that's a, that's a great story. Only the father knows. Yes. And, and that actually is the great, is the prelude. Uh, to the next few uh, parables and stories when jesus starts talking about the days of noah here you Mm -hmm. know he says that uh for those days before the flood they were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage until the day noah entered the ark and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away so will be the coming of the son of man and life is business as usual is going to continue with most people they're going to be totally oblivious to the fact that jesus is about to come but jesus is telling us and he's encouraging us especially if they're going through if you're going through trouble if you're experiencing a difficult time that you are going to be aware of not the exact day or the hour but you're going to know that he's coming at right, some right. point, but we, we don't have to go too far because it's right here. Yeah. And he's saying, look, you know, in verse 40, he says, there are going to be two guys in the field. One's going to be taken the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One's going to be taken and one left. Uh, lots of different uh, interpretations of what that means. But basically, it means things are going to change. Yep. And the thing you didn't think was going to change is going to change. So the consequence is verse 42. And you could everybody ought to have this plastered on their windshield. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. So, Dan, when he's talking about stay awake, is he talking about physical sleep? No, it's that it's going back to that passage where he's, uh, Paul's talking in Thessalonians. It's that be sober, be awake, be be doing what you need to be doing. You can't be just sleeping through life, which we know a lot of people, they just are sleeping through their day to day. You've got to be doing what God's called you to do. And even up to the very last moment. And I think that's one of the things that it shows to me, you know, Noah was right to the last moment. They were, you know, it started raining when they went into the ark and it it was, uh, um, there's going to be this situation where it is going to be all of a sudden, it's just going to happen. It's like the next thing, Dan, where he, he, in verse 43, where he talks about, um, but know this, if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. I mean, Jesus just keeps repeating this over and over and over. And if this is not for the church, why is he repeating it yeah. over and over and over? It's for us to be awake, to be alert. We have to be ready. We have to keep our hearts ready because we will. he's not going to reveal to us when he's coming back, but we're going to know the season. Guys, yeah. we're in the season. I don't know if we're in the beginning of the birth pains. We're actually entered the birth pains. You know, I don't know how to measure it, but I do see a world which is succumbing to a spirit of lawlessness. I do see that we have a great falling away happening. Uh, from the church, people that used to go to church all the time are not going to church much at all. They're getting picked off. Even those who are going to church are living immoral lives. Many, in many cases, um, there's stuff going down. 
And we need to be alert and say, you know what? There is a deception that's all around me. The whole world, for example, wants me to throw out everything the Bible teaches about who I am in my gender, who, what is my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, guys, we got to stand firm. We, got, we have to be in the word to know what the word of God says, not what people say it says, but we have to know what the Bible says for ourselves. We, and we have to spend time in prayer. And dare I say, we even have to spend time in fasting because intimacy with the Lord and hearing what the Holy Spirit has to say is absolutely critical in these times. Romans 8 <clears throat> says that those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We need to be led by the Spirit more than ever before. I, I think of that picture of if you knew your house was going to get broken into, you would have stayed up. You would have protected your family and your home, which means you would have prepared. You would be ready for whatever the enemy or the thief is going to come against you. As we continue to go, um, it just he he's Jesus is just kind of just going through this and he's wanting us to just really understand the point because he goes and he talks about this faithful and wise servant. Um, Tony, what, what is he talking about here in verse 45? Because this is something that, um, might confuse some people. So he's asking, so Jesus is asking a rhetorical question. So who then is the faithful and wise servant, you know, who, whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time. So in other words, this guy's got a responsibility for doing a ministry for work, mm-hmm. you know, for handing out the food of his master to the servants and he'll be blessed. If when his master comes back, he finds him doing so, right? That's what verse 46 says. And he will reward him by setting him over all of his possessions. Like, it's kind of like, well done, thou good and faithful servant that you hear about a little bit later on in Matthew 25. Mm -hmm. But compare that with verse 48. If the wicked servant says to himself, my master is delayed, Jesus ain't coming back that soon. And he begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with the drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect in an hour he doesn't know and will cut him in pieces and put him in with the hypocrites. And that in that place, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh, my goodness. I mean, are you hearing this? Uh, this is a incredible um, parable, which makes it very clear that there are extremely negative consequences for our failure to be ready. Another reason to um, understand why Jesus spends so much time talking about faithfulness and being ready and staying alert. Well, and again, I want to go back to what we were talking about in some of the previous podcasts in these things that deceive us and these things that take our eyes off the prize of Jesus and take our eyes off of what we've actually been called to do. Um, you know, you hear this thing right now, this um, deconstructing of faith, but what I see a lot of people doing is they're going, you know what? He hasn't come back. You know, he promised that he would be back. I mean, my goodness, they were even talking about this in the first century and he hasn't come back yet. I guess he's not coming back. So I don't need to worry about, you know, the, the call that my master had on me or being in the master's house. Um, and I think that there's a lot of the falling away people who are right here. They are the wicked servant. They are the people that were in the master's house at one time. And now they are walking away because you know what? He's not coming back anytime soon. And 
my heart goes out to those who have been in the master's house, who have been serving, who have had a ministry, and now they're disillusioned and they're, you know what, I'm just going to kind of coast. And, you know, I said a prayer and hopefully that will cover me. Um, but that's all I'm going to do because I don't know when he's coming back. He might come back this year. He might come back in, you know, a thousand years. He you might just, never come back. You see, Dan, what you're talking about is church hurt. And mm-hmm. many of us who have served loyally and faithfully in churches have uh, been deceived into thinking that our caused by the great pain of the hurt, we feel betrayed. We feel um, misled. Mm-hmm. And so therefore say, hey, you know, I may go to church, but I'm, I'm not giving, you know, myself to the work of the church like I used to before. And that is burying your talent in the sand to borrow from the parable of the talents. It is the guy who decides a little bit like, you know, I'm going to beat my fellow servants. I'm I'm just not going to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And may God rescue us from that deception. Yes. Because there are men and women who are going to disappoint us in every field of endeavor in life, including the church. And it hurts a little bit more when it comes out of the church because you expect people to act like Jesus, right? We should expect there to be trouble, which is one of the benefits of this teaching here is that Jesus is clearly telling us there's going to be trouble. You will be betrayed. There will be people that will hurt you. Don't be deceived. Stay awake. Stay alert. Keep doing what God has called you to do, or you're going to experience negative consequences. Boy, that's just the first of the five parables here, uh, Dan. Um, I don't think we've got time today to even, you know, to get to the other four, but um, I just want to encourage everybody, if you've been uh, with us this far, that uh, God loves you and he has given you warning. Now, I feel why he's chosen not to pluck us up out of all the world's troubles, I don't know, but that's a, that's a podcast for another day. But he is providing warning and he is showing you the way out. Jesus is the way. So I want to thank you for being with us uh, and with Dan and I on this uh, podcast. We want to encourage you uh, to uh, send in some comments, uh, mm-hmm. uh, like or say, uh, just uh, follow us on uh, this platform. And uh, we will be back with at least one more episode on uh, the end times and how to avoid spiritual anesthesia. God bless you. God bless you.